I, I was like going to fill some air by saying that Banshee has one of the worst intro sequences and in songs I've ever experienced. Welcome back to Unless You Ask with me, Kevin Chung. With me today, for the first time ever in Unless You Ask History, we have not one, but two guests, Chris Rue and Karen Turner. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I'm so excited. I, too, am excited. Um, so normally, I uh, give a little list of sort of what how I describe my guests to the listener, but I thought it'd be fun this time if you two describe each other uh, to our listeners, because I think you two know each other better than I know either of you. <laughs> so why don't we start with Chris? How would you describe Karen? Oh, I have to describe Karen. <laughs> yeah, to, to an audience of people who might not know her. Of course. Karen, a.k.a. Care Bear, is uh, uh, a young professional. She's a journalist. She is the kind of journalist who... Um, uh, was living was based in DC but moved to Maine. You know, is that an archetype? Karen, <laughs> care to comment? Yeah, I the don't know. The archetype goes further. Okay, okay, go ahead. You're you're an Asian journalist who moved to Maine with her white boyfriend. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Good point. And he's like kind of like mountain manny. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It was kind of inevitable. Yeah, really like, intimate. Yeah. He's he's extremely Maine. <laughs> and then Karen, what would you say? What would you say about Chris? Um, Chris is one of my best friends. We used to be roommates in a house I lived in right after I graduated college. And Chris has devoted his life to ending world hunger. Um, Amazing, Chris. In, <laughs> in the DC nonprofit industrial complex, and yep. he's very cat-like in nature. And yeah. He's basically Thank a cat. You. That's all you have to know about Chris. Thank you. Does that seem accurate, Chris? Yeah, that's that's really nice of you yeah, to say. Yeah, see how I did nice things and you dunked on me? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. Um, so I, I anticipate that this will be many people's first time listening to Unless You Ask. <laughs> so, so if that is the case, uh, the explanation for the show is that I wanted to talk to people I know during COVID and just kind of understand things that they've been interested in during this kind of weird pandemic time uh, and just kind of let them uh, pitch or just talk about the things that they care about. Um, so it's a chance for me to like stay in touch. And um, Karen and Chris uh, have something that they are, feel very passionate about. Chris reached out to me uh, with a very well formatted email uh, to explain what they would be talking about. So uh, what are we here to talk about today? Yeah, um, we're here to talk about the show, TV show called Banshee. It's a Cinemax show that ran from 2013 to 2016. Um, and Karen was the one who introduced me to it. And since then, I feel like my life has not been the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I would say that it's a TV show that has changed my life. Um, it is probably wow. the best show I've ever seen 
And the weird thing about it is that it's not even really a very good show. And, I mean, it's a great show, but I don't know if I would really describe it as a good show. And I think what's weird about it is I try to tell people to watch it. And I, like, describe it. And they're like, I don't, that doesn't sound very good. Like, I don't, I'm not that into this. And so I feel like why we wanted to do this podcast is we wanted to discuss why we love this show so much, even though we can't really figure it out, and try to convince you, Kevin, to watch it. Because I just can't, I've tried to convince a lot of other people to watch it, and they just won't, because I can't put into words why it's so good. Yes. So why don't we record the the best articulation we can muster for why you should watch Banshee in pod form, so that you can just send them this way, and, and hopefully we can convince some people, including myself. Yeah, um, Kevin, this is why I said that this is going to be like a three or four parter. Because <laughs> like, it's not because we have so much to say. It's like, we don't know how to express how incredible this show is. Yeah. Especially because it's not a very good show. Right. We really and need, your, the best we need that. your searching questions in this one, Kevin, because we don't even know. Okay. Like we, It's a self-reflection for us as well. Okay, got it. Um, so it sounds like you've already tried to get people to like uh, watch it in the past. Um, maybe one place to start is what are what are some reasons uh, or like what what were some of your early pitches and like reasons that people were like ah, I'm not that interested. So what's what's like sort of the red flags about the show that might turn people off? Because most people are pretty open to watching a new show, especially now. Go ahead, Karen. I mean, I think the thing about it is like, okay, so the premise of the show, which I guess we should yes. also explain, yes, is please. that it is, so it's a Cinemax show, and it is about a notorious con man who gets out of prison after 15 years, goes to a small town in Pennsylvania called Banshee, where he immediately subsumes, assumes, sorry, assumes the identity of a, the sheriff of the town. And an ex-con man is able to take over the identity of a sheriff, and that's the plot of the show. Like, he becomes the sheriff. And I think when I tell people that, they're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) How could any, like, con man successfully take over the identity of a sheriff? That doesn't make any sense. Like, no, that wouldn't last for more than, like, two hours in reality. (laughs) So I think that's what they react to. And then I'm like, no, 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 but... There's tons of sex and violence, and also it's kind of sexist and, like, a little bit racist, and, like, there's not, like, it's it's really, and then they're like, why would I watch this show? I'm like, no, 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 I promise it's good. So I think that's, I don't know, I that's that's why I feel like they are, end up not doing it. It's, 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 it's also hard because, um, you know, you could say, hey, just, just watch it, give it a try. Right. And you know, it speaks for itself. The problem is... Um, like what Karen just described, it, it basically happens in the first episode. Um, and if if I were to tell someone to watch it, I would I'm, I'd be totally embarrassed because like basically, um, yeah, this guy gets out of prison after 15 years and walks over to the nearest bar um, and immediately fucks the bartender. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> like he had this bartender like. Exchange glances and they go to the back and, and he fucks this bartender. Um, and then he steals a car. <laughs> and then he steals a car and drives to his friend's nail salon or like a beauty salon mm-hmm. uh, and like trashes the place. So to get information to find another friend. 
Um, Got it. Yeah. With yeah. with seemingly zero repercussions. Well, that's kind of the beauty of this show. There okay. are almost no repercussions. <laughs> Anything is possible for yeah. this guy. Yeah. What is what is the main character's name? Very good question. Kevin. <laughs> um, the thing is, uh, throughout the show, you don't actually, you never figure out his real name. Because, like, like we said, he takes on this identity of Sergeant Hood or of of uh, Hood, Lucas Hood, the sheriff, the sheriff, and um, that's just what you call him throughout the show. Got it. Yeah, and okay. they really make a big deal out of never revealing his name. The thing like, is, like, the it, one time he reveals a name to a character, she immediately is killed, and they're like, "Oh no!" Like, we'll never <laughs> know his real name. It's like a, it's yeah. But for me, at that point, I didn't care what his Got real it. name was. Doesn't interesting interesting okay so this kind of anonymous guy so okay it sounds like uh in that case i'm curious karen you you're the one who told chris about the show but how did you get into the show if if you have trouble telling other people to watch it like what got you uh to be interested in it well i got into it because i watched uh another show by the creator called warrior which is also a cinemax mm-hmm. show um and that show is actually super good. It's about um, Chinese migrants coming to San Francisco in the 1880s leading up to the Chinese Exclusion Act. Um, and it's like actually a good show. And like now that I'm talking about it, maybe we should have chosen that one actually because <laughs> <laughs> it's like actually relevant. and has like interesting things to say about society. But no, we're talking about Banshee instead. Um, but yeah, so that, so that creator, um, his first show is Banshee. And so that's when I started watching it. And, like, three mm-hmm. episodes in, I texted Chris and was like, you have to watch this show. And he was like, that sounds so dumb. I'm not going to watch this show. <laughs> but so that's interesting. Your your origin story was more or less organic then. It wasn't anyone trying to convince you. <laughs> Correct. So so maybe by by kind of, like, uh, the more you tell someone about this show, the, like, less it... it, it you, do you feel obligated to, like, warn them about what they're going to watch? Or because you said you can't really uh, pitch it as like, uh, just tr- give it a try and you'll you'll get hooked. There's a way to pitch this show. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> um, and it's it's to talk about its amazing action sequences. Um, I, I will say that out of all the TV shows I've watched in my life, this show has the best action sequences. Um, they're like really creative. They're really fun. Uh, they're really brutal. Um, and it basically the show just kind of like loosely ties really dope action scenes together with the stupidest plot. <laughs> Got it. Um, I, I have seen, so an example of that that comes to mind is like John Wick, which I think a lot of people have seen, like there's, that's known for its like action sequences, but the plot is like very loose. Uh, do you, have you seen John Wick? Is there any kind of similarity there or is Banshee like more extreme than that? Dude, we should just tell people it's like, a John, like John Wick, but a TV show. Yeah, Kevin, you just saw what the we entire thinking? purpose of this podcast. It's That's like, exactly it. Yeah, we don't even need to, yeah. All right, yeah, just All right. anything to plug. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so that's that's a good compromise, or a comparable. I guess uh, without spoiling too much of uh, what to expect in Banshee, I'm, I'm curious if you can describe a little bit about what happens in kind of like, uh, 
maybe the earlier episodes or just like in a broad way that doesn't uh, ruin the show for anyone that may be interested? Well, um, the reason why uh, Hood goes to Banshee, and when I say yes. Hood, the guy who takes on the identity of Hood, the is man. Um, to connect with his former crew. And like uh, this woman who was also his lover, he and her and a third party named Job, played by Hoon Lee, um, they kind of, um, they robbed their boss, basically. They're, they're, so this, this con man who escaped finds his old crew and robs his old boss? No, he, he boss went to prison because he robbed his boss. Oh, and his... <laughs> okay. okay, yeah. And so <laughs> basically, um, yeah, so he's, he's badly in love with this woman. Uh, but you know, it's been 15 years. She's moved on. Yep. Um, and so that's why he, he shows up the band. She tries to reconnect. She's like, I have two kids now and a husband. Uh, and he's like, well, at least give me the diamonds that we stole, you know, my share of it. And she's like, Oh, I don't have that either. Um, and I forget exactly why he stays in Banshee. It's like one thing leads to another in the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there's no reason why he should have stayed, but at the same time you watch, it's like, well, he has no choice but to stay. <laughs> yeah, it, I think it's a little bit like, like, basically, it's a, you know, Lucas Hood takes on the sheriff's identity. And this the town of Banshee, Pennsylvania is kind of lives in this, it exists in this alternate universe where it's full of bad guys. It's just full of bad guys for Hood to, like, take down. There's Nazis, there's motorcycle gangs, there's like um, like ex-Amish gangsters, there's drug dealers. Like it's just very, it kind of, it, it has this almost video game quality where Hood is the hero. You're kind of through living life through his eyes and he's just there to take down baddies left and right. And so it, again, this is the difficulty with the show because it's just like, it's hard to explain the plot. There's just so much kind of crazy stuff that happens. Um mm. And yet it's the best show I've ever seen. It's So, yeah, I, I think one area where Banshee shines is in the different settings. So you have the town of Banshee. It's in Pennsylvania. It's kind of close by, like, um, the Amish. So there's a big Amish presence there. It's also close by to uh, Native American reservations. So they got the Kanaho tribe there. And um, it also has, uh, you know, a robust neo-Nazi population. Um, and so they kind of delve into these, um, you know, cultures that all kind of intersect in Banshee, Pennsylvania, and all kind of have some bad elements within it. You know, not to say that each one is bad. It's just like, there's the ex-Amish gangster. There's the Kanaho, you know, thug. Um, the, actually, all the neo-Nazis are bad. But um, No, there's a good neo-Nazi, ex-neo-Nazi. Well, he's he, ex-neo-Nazi. Yeah. 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 Great redemption but, story. So, like, basically, if there's kind of um, a pattern, it's like someone gets hurt or killed, usually like a, a woman. She's usually super hot. Uh, and, like, Hood just goes ape shit. <laughs> and, like, just, like, wreaks havoc on, on you know, who he thinks did, did the deed. On different sets of, of bad people. Yeah, so that's, and, and, like, that's different very most... interesting settings, yeah. Got it. That's the most kind of... Uh connecting like through line throughout the plot is that like this kind of uh inciting event happens that lets that justifies hood 
becoming like a murderer. Yes. Well, that's like- and it's almost always a woman dying, which is like a trope. It's called fridging, um, which has, you know, come under criticism rightfully, which is that, you know, a lot of sort of action movies or whatever stories will have these female characters that basically just exist to die so that the main character, usually a man, you know, has a reason to like further his emotional plot line or to like basically go apeshit and beat people up. And this yeah. show does that literally to every single woman character, except for I think maybe one. And yeah. um, also anytime a child, like he has multiple children that he's birthed through different women, but like he never has to raise them or have any kind of emotional relationship with them. They just exist for him to like protect or like ca- like cause him to go ape shit. You know, like it's just everything is like just a reason for him to have action sequences, which I think is yeah, which is why it's very video game like. I I will say that um, it's not just the women that are there uh, as like a vehicle for for Hood to do his thing. Um, every single child in this show is is solely there to be like. A frustration and impediment to hood that he needs to overcome um for example uh so i had mentioned that he's like reconnecting with his old partner that he was in love with her name is carrie uh, mm-hmm. she's got two kids the younger one has asthma um and that's like his only purpose in the show to have asthma <laughs> like every single time he's on screen he has like an asthma attack he, yeah he has the worst form of asthma ever where when like something important is happening you just immediately get an attack <laughs> It, it happens at the worst times and it's just like I, I guess this is what kids are about like they're just there to be a nuisance so outside of hood and and maybe even including hood what what kind of like uh multi-dimensional characters are we working with or is everything kind of just like uh is hood sort of the focus of the show the entire time or is there anyone else that you're like rooting for he's, he's got a squad he's got a team it's it's hood um uh you know he's got his ex-partner carrie mm-hmm. and you know it's four seasons so you can imagine things evolve their relationship evolves um i had mentioned that there was another a third party that there were uh, a team with named job and so yep. he kind of enters the fold um and then uh it's uh, a bartender that hood befriends right when he gets to banshee and he was the he was witness to the transformation of the ex-con into the sheriff he, he was there for that moment um he was played by uh that dude from the wire what, what was his name burrell sure the, yeah the cast the is all ext- astoundingly good i think that's the other thing about the show is that so there are other characters in it but they're basically all tropes um so the okay. other main character of the show is carrie his ex-lover she is a um sort of classic i would say like russian villain or character and that she is has is is this suburban housewife living in banshee but she has this past as a russian gangster you know she's a uh that's a very classic i think like russian type of character they're not quite who they seem um Mm -hmm. and so every character i think really is a trope but the acting is like actually very good and i think every character every actor like really is one of the reasons why this show is so good because I don't really know if they're actually given all that much to work with, but like they just yeah. kill it because they're just really, really good actors. Like Chris was talking today about how one of the other main big characters in the show, who's this ex Amish gangster, like he's like this really, really great, great Norwegian actor, like who you've he's seen. In, in, 
he's danish he, he uh Ulrich thompson plays proctor who is the ex amish gangster um and he's one of the best characters in the show and he's he's a fantastic actor who made his big splash in a old Vinterberg movie called the celebration um one of my favorite movies and he he's just a, a phenomenal actor uh even hood himself he's played by anthony Starr, um who is also a fantastic actor I think the acting is really top notch. And if you look at the show in terms of just disparate pieces, like the acting, the settings, um, it's really, really excellent. The only thing that doesn't make any sense is the plot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I will say that 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 makes it seem more uh, appealing than like John Wick or other kind of like just action for action's sake shows is that usually those types of things are not well acted (laughs) and you really are just waiting for the next like scene where they get to fight um which kind of leads me to to my next question like do you do you feel like you enjoy the show the entire time you're watching it or is there like are there parts that feel slow and you're just kind of waiting for things to like pop off like they do seem like they do all the time (laughs) this is the brilliancy of the show because your typical show or movie would have that, like action sequence, yeah. but just like the slow buildup and they're like, whatever, whatever. But like this show eliminates that. Like it just doesn't <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah. Like sometimes there'll be, you know, obviously there's scenes with dialogue, there's scenes with whatever emotional development, but like, it's not real. Like they just, they know what you're there for. Like we've talked a lot about how the show's kind of like porn. Like it's like, that, you know, mm. they'll have a little in-between dialogue, but, like, it's really not the point. It's really just, like, a way to get to the action sequence, which is really what we're all there for. Um, mm. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah I, I never was bored watching it. I can tell you, like, Chris and I texted the entire time you were watching the show, and, like, it was so fun. And when I look back at our texts, there's probably, like, 5,000 text messages between the <laughs> two of endless us at scrolling. different hours of the day just like talking about banshee like we were i was entertained the entire time i was watching it and to the point where afterwards i was like i don't think i can watch regular tv shows they feel yeah. too slow and dull and too married to like reality and attempting to like care about plot lines after banshee like i can't watch those types of shows yeah it's it's like um so I would, to answer your question, Kevin, um, there are times where I get a little bit bored in the show, and it's when there are characters in the show who are not embracing the Banshee mindset. <laughs> like, let's talk, let's talk more about the Banshee mindset. <laughs> so like Hood will be with like a woman he's in a relationship with, and she's like, well, why can't you be with me? Like, and it's like, dude, this is, this is fucking Banshee. Like, if you want something, you go for it. Don't ask why. <laughs> and, like, these conversations, I'm like, come on. <laughs> like, get with uh, the program. Got it. So so not only, it's it's not just Hood doing this stuff. Every character has an opportunity to kind of, like, uh, do something that's unrealistic, that's, like, very direct, or, like, that progresses the um, the action in, like, some immediate way. I don't want to, um, so I, I think there's like a, an element of realism in this show that, um, you know, it's like other kind of like these prestige shows, uh, like, you know, it's not like Game of Thrones. It's not like there's fantasy shit going on. Um, yeah. like nothing happens that's like 
beyond this world. It's just like people seem to have a certain like iron will where like they're going to do something and like if it's illegal, like who cares? Um, Mm -hmm. They're still going to do it. And that's like actually kind of one of the freeing things about this show. Like in this world that we live in, that's so like complex. uh, There's so much red tape, so much bureaucracy. Uh, This show is, you know, depicting a person or or a group of people that, you know, cut through all of that with incredible competence uh, to get what they want. And it's like, it's a fantasy, you know, it's, it's a fantasy, but kind of set in this, super realistic setting of you know there's yeah there are amish people in real life there are native americans of course there there's you know neo-nazis etc uh but somehow Sar- uh, um sheriff hood is just able to cut through the bullshit that's that's basically what the, what the badgy mindset's all about interesting <laughs> um Okay, I feel like I have a pretty good sense of the show now, so why don't we take a break, uh, and then we'll come back and continue talking about Banshee, and I want to really dive into sort of what, how it's changed your lives. Mm. <laughs> Does that sound good? Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. All right, welcome back. We are back from the break. Um, now that we've had a little time to think about uh, Banshee and we have the the basic premise, I guess. What uh, I'm curious to understand why you feel so passionately about it, or why it's changed your life, I guess, as a show. <laughs> it's a big question. For me, um, so I'm like actually a really big plot guy. Like, I, I generally hate it when there are characters in a show who only exist to advance the plot, like, you know, Kid with Asthma. Yeah. Um, Banshee undid all of that for me. Um, and kind of, like, made me let go of the things that I hold dear and just enjoy the ride. And once I did that, like, okay, Karen was saying at the beginning, he should have been found out within, like, two hours that he's not Sheriff Hood. Yeah. Right? Um, cause this is like, like I was saying, it's in a realistic setting. So like they have the internet, um, and like the first couple episodes I had this like anxiety. It's like, man, the bottom's gonna, gonna uh, fall out and mm-hmm. he's going to get caught and this show sucks. Uh, after a couple episodes, I realized like, no, that, it's not that kind of show. <laughs> the bottom's never going to drop. And like, I could just let go and enjoy the ride. Um, and, you know, once I made that decision, which also happens to parallel kind of the attitude, the Banshee mindset of the characters in the show, it, it was just a wild ride and, uh, like so much fun and like, yeah, like crazy shit would happen. And I would, I would be texting Karen being like, I cannot believe this happened. And, you know, Karen was ahead of me a bit. Um, for a while and she's like dude just wait <laughs> and it like it always delivered it always delivered hmm. Karen yeah I, I totally agree with that I think like also like for me I feel like I um, 
I'm like, I really love TV. I love watching TV, but I really, I feel like I've, I've always really like gravitated towards like super serious prestige type shows like The Wire or Mad Men or whatever. And like, I really love those types of shows. Mm-hmm. And I think like when the pandemic happened, I started getting really into like a lot of other people did. I started getting really into like stupid television, and, yeah. like reality TV and things where I could like kind of turn my mind off. Totally. And I think like Banshee and a couple of other shows, but I feel like Banshee really kind of like hit this point where I was like, I can watch brainless television where I don't really have to think, but it can still be like really high quality in its own way mm. and really well done and like admirable. And like, 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 like we've said, the action sequences are just some of the best I've ever seen, but I can still turn my brain off. And I think that was just very satisfying for me during yeah. the pandemic. Right. Yeah, I've I've watched my fair share of things where I got to turn my brain off, but I didn't necessarily like feel better after afterwards. It was like, oh, that was like a nice break, but it's like not. I I wish I was with hanging out with my friends. I wish I wasn't and had subjected myself to this. Um, but it sounds like this was an opportunity in your eyes to to reach Banshee at a time when you needed it most. Especially in, in times like this, you know, like. <clears throat> There are so many things that we can't do now right. because of the pandemic, um, you know, and, and whether it's like the actual disease, it's the, or the, you know, lockdowns, quarantines or, or whatever, mm-hmm. um, watching a show where people, um, have a sense of freedom, uh, also like an intense sense of like justice, like their own justice, but a, a sense of freedom, um, is, you know, uh, it felt very, uh, not that I was jealous, um, but I was just kind of living through that, you know, vicariously. Totally. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, absolutely. And I think like, like I also, I mean, this is slightly going to a different topic, but again, like I just watch so much prestige TV normally or whatever that means. But yeah, I watch so much of this kind of like high-minded or attempting to be high-minded television. And I feel like that's been the scene for like the last seven, I don't know, like seven years or something. Like yeah. everything's trying to be the next Breaking Bad. Like everything's trying to be whatever. And it's like this high-minded television that's supposed to be thematic and like character-driven. And the climaxes are always like emotional climaxes. Mm-hmm. And then also you can never really like see or hear anything because it's lit in such a dark way and the like sound is so low. And I literally like thought that I was just like losing my sense of sight and hearing because I'm getting older until I realized that it's just prestige TV trying to like look a certain way. And this TV show, like you can see and hear it (laughs) and it's not trying to be deep. It's just trying to entertain you. And I was like, it just felt revelatory to watch television that was just purely there and people were working really hard and really trying to hone and create a craft and an art to television that's just entertaining, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. The, the, the show itself um, is free from certain restrictions that other shows put on themselves. So, uh, for example, um, there are certain episodes in this show where Hood, or maybe another character, but in this example it's Hood, uh, displays a certain specific um, competence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a really fantastic episode where he's, it's kind of like a flashback when he's in prison. Um, and you know, while he's there, a lot of things happen, but one thing is he, he's in these counseling sessions with this therapist and, you know, all of a sudden out of nowhere, hood becomes like Dr. House, 
He has like incredible deduction skills and is able to like read this woman and know what she's all about just by looking at her. It's like, where did this come from? And how come you never use these deduction skills ever again in this show? <laughs> and, and you know, at the show's like, uh, who cares? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> it's a cool scene. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool scene. And so like th- there are there are scenes where people flash like brilliant skills that they never, ever use again in the show. <laughs> Yeah, or like a suburban lawyer dad just shows up onto a military base fight with a grenade launcher. Like, (laughs) (laughs) there's no explanation. Like, all of a sudden, he's got a grenade launcher. Got it. (laughs) Like, from his house that he brought. Who knows? knows? (laughs) Maybe they'll explain it. Maybe they won't. You never. That's the banshee. Right roll of the dice it sounds like mm-hmm. like maybe the creators were just asking themselves not like what makes sense here but like what would make this scene like more interesting or more like exciting entertaining let's just like add it and we don't have to like worry about why it's like the motivation is just to make it more like preposterous <laughs> yeah it's like what would be the dopest shit yes exactly and, and they do it um <clears throat> i'm curious so you mentioned that uh it's like the the pandemic has made you sort of seek this f- freedom i'm I'm curious if watching banshee uh, has when you do go outside when you do like do things in real life does it has it changed the way that you like experience or think about like the world is like what would happen in this scenario in banshee that's a very dangerous question <laughs> um you know if i admit to that then basically i'm like sizing people up like getting ready to kill them with my bare hands got it uh and i'm, I'm not gonna say that i do that good <laughs> uh um i guess has it has have you like I, in in a way that isn't gonna get you in trouble is is there anything that like uh you feel like you're going to see like look at things differently or like pay attention to different things because you've like seen such ridiculous things happen in this show or is is real life just completely dull to you now basically so dull yeah i feel like it's more of a dull effect <laughs> got it you you're just like this is nothing this means this is silly well for I mean, a like, while yeah. we would like we would send each other headlines and we would be like dude 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 this is like a banshee like plot line <laughs> like we would like so what well, i'm trying to even remember like just some weird like local like news lady article. gaga's dog uh i think she like had like a a bounty not a bounty <laughs> like a reward for finding the dog i i could see like sergeant hood or sheriff hood and his team like trying to find the dog oh yeah like lady gaga like her dog got kidnapped by people trying to extort money from her Mm -hmm. and so she had like a reward out for people to get that that's a very like banshee plot line exactly got it i feel like i see like i'm more attuned to things that could be banshee 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 yeah there was a there was an ex-cop uh in the the dc area who um retired and like you know, there was a string of arsons, and it turned out to be this guy. That that's very banshee. It turned out to be this ex cop. Yeah, either ex cop or ex firefighter. I forget, but got it. Um, yeah, I mean, he he could have been in the show. Got it. Yeah, I I definitely think the way that it's changed it is that I've yeah become more attuned to those types of things. And I would say like, 
I feel like I like look for different things in television shows, which doesn't yeah. sound like a big deal, but I love TV and I watch a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is kind of significant with it there. Yeah. yeah I, I think maybe it's maybe become more judgmental. Like when I see someone being like super careful or following the rules, I'm like, that's not a fancy mindset. <laughs> uh, yeah. When I see a TV show, like trying to say something deep about society, I'm just like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? That's like, not, no. yeah, this is not the place. This is not the medium. <laughs> like, was it ever like, really? Was it ever like, yeah. no, let's get back to entertaining television. Yeah. That's what it's for. Interesting. So, so yeah, you talked about this earlier, but it sounds like after you watch Banshee, it's hard to go back and like watch other shows or they just feel like they're missing something. So I'm curious what that experience has been like, because you both have finished Banshee, right? And now you, you have to fill it with something else. So how have you, uh, how has it changed? Like after you watch Banshee, you start trying to watch, I don't know, something mindless again, or watch something, you know, serious and like trying to make a point again. How, how do you, uh, How's that been? How's that experience been? It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. I so like I had to like swerve and like just watch anime. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like different enough. And like it's fucking crazy too. Right. <laughs> um also Yeah, you were the one that turned me on to Dodo Hetero. Big fan. Which like that was right after I finished Banshee. I'm like, thank you so much. <laughs> like well, am I going to watch some, like, Big Little Lies yeah. now? <laughs> like, seriously? Dude, Sergeant Hood would, like, fix everything that's going on there in that show <laughs> in one episode. Like, he might kill a bunch of people, but, like, the show will be done really quickly. Right. <laughs> it's so true. Like, people's problems on TV shows seem so silly. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, why isn't Sheriff Hood here? He would solve all of this. <laughs> it's like, if he just beat up this guy brutally like this show would be over (laughs) that's that's the solution most often in in banshee yeah does it yeah work does it solve people's problems okay this is one thing i want to say um so like karen said like hood is like a world-class con man and thief yep um and his team job is like an expert hacker Carrie is like La Femme Nikita. Um, and yeah, so they're like presented as being unstoppable. Got it. The thing is, like, okay, we, we talked about like them going apeshit when a woman dies, but they, they also kind of have um, like reoccurring heists that they do because, for one reason or other, they, they need money. Mm-hmm. They, 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 Carrie needs money because her son has asthma. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Um, and so they go on these heists and they're very complicated. They're really cool. The thing is, like, they're never, ever successful. Oh, yeah. That's the one thing they're really bad at. They don't pull off a single heist. They, not a single heist. Like, it's almost successful. And then, like, all the money blows up or, like, something like that. Got it. Dude, the heists on the show are ridiculous. They are ridiculous. They are squeezed in amidst insanely complicated plots. Like, literally. They will be in the middle of a heist and they'll just stop doing the heist and go and like deal with, you know, the Native American gang that's set fire to the Amish whatever and they'll do a huge fight scene there. Like they will leave in the middle of the heist. That's why they're really, they're bad at cons. They're just bad at it. Like, yeah. They're terrible. Terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot Uh, about that. They are super bad at heists. So so it's not that they're unstoppable. 
there, so so you you get the sense that there is like a chance that they fail or is it just that like it doesn't matter whether they do this heist well or not for them like they're just truly invincible or do you actually feel like oh man this like they're in a bad position like they might not get out of this so there are times that they get into really bad situations um at which point like maybe a character just is off the board because they're captured or, or whatnot mm-hmm. um when they fail their heists it's like there'll be more yeah. sorry <laughs> the thing is like they they go through incredible lengths to to pull up a heist. Uh, like okay there's one where they like try to um rob an armored car that's like full of money right mm-hmm. but they they don't do it <laughs> when it's like stationary it's like on a road sure. driving of course and and like they like drive up behind it somehow like turn their car around and are going in reverse chasing this car uh and like steal the money from the back of the uh, of this armored car um everything's going fine until like the very end when like everything goes to shit and like all the money blows up (laughs) and it's like if this were like a prestige tv show you you'd be like why what what was the point of this was like all spectacle i set it up just to blow it up (laughs) exactly exactly but um for whatever reason like i'm i'm not asking those questions in this show got it i'm just like all right what happens next what happens next? I'm sure this is the question that you're asking yourself about this very episode. Well, the answer is that Karen's audio became too quiet to hear, and so we had to stop recording. However, uh, Chris and Karen have more to say about Banshee than could possibly be contained in a single episode of Unless You Ask, so we are going to break this up into two parts, and this will be a good stopping point for the first part, and next week we'll finish off the episode with a lot of fun games and uh, and some final thoughts. Unless you ask, it's produced by Bread People Productions. You can visit breadpeopleproductions.com to check out all the projects that they're working on. If you would like to appear as a guest on Unless You Ask, or if you have any feedback, please email me at unlessyapod at gmail.com. That's unlessyapod at gmail.com. Thank you for making it all the way to the end of the episode. And this week, my nobody asked is that I am allergic to watermelon. Makes my mouth very itchy.